0: Hello my podcast family, welcome to Caregiving is a ministry where we look at the word of God through the lens of caregiving as we continue our study of Psalms 119. Today we are on the, what is it, the fifth section, section E of Psalms 119 and it reads, Lord, let your faithful love come to me. Let your salvation come to me according to your promise, so I can have a response for those who mock me, because I have trusted in your word. Please don't take your true word out of my mouth, because I have waited for your rules. I have always kept your instruction, always and forever. I will walk around in wide open spaces, because I have pursued your precepts. I will talk about your laws before rulers with no shame whatsoever. I will rejoice in your commandments because I love them. I will lift up my hands to your commandments because I love them. And I will contemplate all of your statutes. Today our psalm refers back to the promise. Remember that he mentioned in yesterday's um, eight verses that recover. Recall that we stipulated that that promise could be that of the return of um, to the land, that promised land for the children of Israel, or to reunite them from that diaspora that occurred because of the um, exile, or it could have been a specific promise made to the psalmist. Remember, we talked about that, and yet here he refers to it again, and as that salvation is tied to it. Therefore, could it be that the salvation the psalmist is referring to is linked to the promise of maybe reconciliation to reconcile the children of Israel back to Yahweh right and the land the salvation that comes with being within one's own community and borders to be reconciled or restored to the place once held as sacred and personal perhaps this is the promise that he's seeking God to bring forth but there is a reason he wants this promise to be fulfilled And it's so that he can respond to the critics. Did you see that? Or did you hear that, I should say? I find that pretty interesting. What he's asking and what we all ask of God is to reveal himself by answering our prayers, to show those around us that our faith is not in vain. I recall several years ago hearing a worship leader as she was leading us in prayer She asked God to show himself faithful and strong by answering our petitions. Well, isn't God strong without having to answer our prayers and petitions? I believe he is. God's strength exists whether we see it displayed or not. We experience it, but our experience does not create his strength. We are mere recipients of it as we are of his love and his protection. Yet, so that others may know, and for our reassurance, we ask that it be demonstrated outwardly. Our psalmist is asking for God to show his authority through this promise to shut the mouths of the critics who have been badgering him all this time. The psalmist then lays out why God should grant this petition. He says he needs to grant it simply because He has been faithful. The psalmist has been faithful to God's commandments. He stated, Haven't I kept your instructions? Based on that, you know, it says that I have some benefits. Of course, I'm paraphrasing, you know. But there are benefits to serving God, right? To making Jesus our Savior that go beyond eternity. It's, you know, as tithers, we receive blessings that we can't count. God rebukes the enemy from wreaking havoc on our finances and in our lives. We have angels that protect us. We have unconditional love. We can commune with God and tell him what's on our hearts. And we can seek his forgiveness as believers. Even though Jesus tells us that we will experience trials and tribulations, we can still experience all of these under the blessings as we are children of God or if we are children of God. I can't imagine living in this world without having God's protection over me and the blessings that come from that. Our psalmist knows the promise that came with his instructions, that God would be their God, right? That's what God told Israel, that God would be their God and that they would be his people and that he would fight and protect them. The psalmist wants God to be faithful to what he said. Because the psalmist believes that he's been faithful on his end. I know that when things start to go wrong in my life, I often stop and ask, okay, have I been obedient to what God has asked me to do? Is there a blatant sin in my life that I need to confess? If I can answer no to both of those questions, then I go to, is this spiritual warfare and the devil just being busy? And most times it's that one. And then when it's this one, I remind myself, I like, go to God in prayer and I remind him that I am a tither. <laughs> and your word says that, you know, to to that you would rebuke the devourer and to, you know, just remind him of all of his promises. And then, you know, <laughs> I ask God to help me to endure whatever is going on. And then after that, I kind of talk to the enemy and I say to him, You have no authority over me, my life, this house, over my mom, whatever. I'm a daughter of the Most High God. My mother is a daughter of the Most High God. I used to say that when she was living. And that I am protected by God. And if you're messing with me, it's only because he's allowed you to, which means that I'm going to come out. It's going to benefit me in some way. And when you get done, you're going to have to repay me for what you've done. And then I go about my day. And then I noticed that my frame of mind is where it should be in because I am a daughter of the Most High God. And those little things can't get to me. But what happens is that things stop breaking down in the house and unexpected bills stop showing off and relationships are repaired. So it's like the enemy kind of backs off because he sees it's not going to work with me. Were you aware that those reforms of spiritual warfare, you know, when crazy stuff starts to happen things start to break down all at once I mean it's not always the demonic presence in a person especially not as portrayed you know in the movies but yeah demonic possessions of people does occur but more than likely it comes in just stuff happening you know most people would say life but it starts to happen all at once right and it can include disruptions in relationships all of that is designed by the enemy to um, throw you off course to get you to doubt God and to quit so remember the next time the car breaks down the computer stops working and you've lost your cell phone <laughs> it's just the enemy and you're the son or daughter of the most high God you can overcome that <laughs> now going back to the scripture <laughs> I want you to notice in verses 45 or in verse 45 the psalmist states that keeping God's commandments that he will walk in open spaces what do you think that means it means freedom freedom to walk where he chooses and to not be hindered by anyone or anything once again it could be directly tied to walking back in the the land of Canaan but it means freedom to not be to not be under the scrutiny of others to walk in open spaces, to be free. Lastly, our psalmist teaches us how to be unhindered in our testimony, to be willing and ready to share what God has done for us in our lives to any and everyone. Today, I want us to concentrate on recognizing the hardships in our lives, right? And not being, as not being a curse, but an opportunity from us to grow. That's what I want us to concentrate on. And I pull it from verses 41 and 42, right? That because God is faithful to the promises that he has promised each and every one of us, we can trust him. God doesn't have to answer our prayers to show himself strong. He's already strong. But we can show ourselves as being strong, as being mature, solid Christian children of God. Solid children of God, not Christian children, but solid children of God, when we stand firm in our conviction of faith in the middle of the storm. When hardships come, do the tests as I do. Try and determine exactly where they're coming from, right? Maybe you're suffering the consequence of a bad decision. As a result of some sin that's in your life. In this case, you know, you repent. But if not, it could just be life, you know, happening. Like if the car breaks down just one event, it's probably just life happening, right? We live in a world, I mean, stuff decays, stuff breaks down. But if it's more than one thing, then perhaps it's just your turn to deal with the enemy. Because he's not omnipresent, so he can't wreak havoc on our lives, you know, all the time it's only for a set time so he can only concentrate on us one at a time so to speak he sends his little minions out and they cause mayhem but as children of God we are protected just as Job was the enemy God gave the enemy parameters which he could work in with with Job remember that story and the enemy remained within those parameters he had no choice So it's the same with us. So if you're undergoing some spiritual warfare right now, know that it'll only be for a time, but make yourself strong in the Lord. A season of caregiving is ripe for the enemy to move in and add more burden to an already heavy load. Therefore, you must be strong and diligent in your time with God by learning his word and seeking him in prayer, just as our Psalmist was diligent or is diligent in knowing God's word. This will keep you strong in the Lord in this season of caregiving. Let's pray. We thank you, Father, for not wanting us to always remain babes in you. For using obstacles and hardships in our lives to grow us into maturity as sons and daughters of you, the Most High God. We thank you for this lengthy psalm as we go through it eight verses at a time, where you continue to reveal to us the importance of learning who you are who you are through your word. As we read the scriptures, as we search for you, as we ponder the things that we've read and see if we can apply them to our lives, which we can, help us to do so. Help us to not be so caught up with just memorizing verses, but to live them, to internalize them, and to let them come out in our daily actions and our thoughts and in our mouths mile, by speaking kindly to people, by recognizing that everybody is made in your image and recognizing that you are in everywhere, to be still enough to allow you the space to work in certain situations. Help us to pursue you as this psalmist pursues you in looking toward your commandments. Help us to look toward our Savior, Jesus, as our model of how to relate to you and to relate to others. We thank you for not giving the enemy total, total control over our lives, but in using him to draw us closer to you, to mature us in our walk with you. For those who are caregivers, Father, you know that it is a heavy load and a heavy burden as they go throughout the task of preparing meals and medication and bath times, feeding times, times for appointments, times for encouragement of their caregiver, and times where they need to sit and just cry as they watch their loved one not recover, as they anticipate the day for you to call their loved one home. It can be both physically exhausting as well as emotional and mental. And it's ripe for the enemy to add undue stress during the time. And so I ask, Father, that you limit, if not stop, (laughs) all of the extra annoyances that could come during their caregiving season. Allow them time to meditate on your word so that they can build themselves strong in you, knowing that you have answered their prayers. It just hasn't been manifested yet. But also recognizing that you are strong, regardless of what our situation is. We come serving you Because you deserve to be served, you deserve to be praised, and you deserve to be worshipped. And so we offer our lives to you to be a living example and witness to your glory, to your goodness, to your faithfulness. We love you and we praise you. These things we ask in the precious name of Jesus, our Savior, your Son. Amen. All right, my podcast family. Remember that hard times are an opportunity for you to lean in. Lean in and then tell the devil to get out. Administer the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. See you tomorrow.